wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure trial, many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith, it is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with the glorious inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Amen. Does anybody here today have a glorious, inexpressible joy? Does anyone here have a glorious, inexpressible joy? I don't mean a joy that's based on, man, I woke up on the right side of the bed. I got no traffic on the way. I mean a joy that says, even when I woke up, found out I was out of coffee, God was still good. Even when I hopped in and everybody cut me off on the way to church, God was still good. And they were looking at me as I drove by and they thought that I was going to flip them off. But I said, God bless you. And they were like, what in the world is going on there? Because you have a glorious, inexpressible joy. If you don't have that today, I want to invite you to hear about someone who can give it to you. You may be seated because today we're going to talk about the one who gives a glorious, inexpressible joy. Amen? Amen. amen and amen. And I'm serious about that invitation. You may be here today and you may be going, I don't know what these people are clapping about. I don't know what they're celebrating about. They have no idea how hard my day was. And that's all right. I understand that. But I want to show you how you can find that joy here today. So good morning, Fellowship High Crest. If this is your first time with us, my name is Brill Watson. I'm the worship pastor here at Fellowship High Crest. Welcome back to our series, Wander, where we're examining how to deconstruct our way to a stronger faith. And we've examined our questions, our feelings, our motives, and God's word as we answer our questions about the faith. And today, on this last week of the series, that's what I want to talk about, faith. Before I start, I have a little question to kick off our time today. And I won't be reading the responses out loud this week, but we will post some of those in our online campus Facebook group where we've been continuing these conversations together and engaging with your questions. If you have not taken advantage of that space, I want to encourage you to do so because we don't just grow like this and we don't just grow like this, but we grow like this. Amen. Amen. Here's our first question. What event or circumstance has caused you to question God or your faith in God? What event or circumstance has caused you to question God or your faith in God? Real answers only, please. Hey, I don't know how you guys found your favorite artists, but my story is one that is worth being put in a sermon, so I will. I'll never forget, in 2013, I was in the kitchen, I was cooking some eggs, 
And I had this album by this new rapper out of Compton playing in the background as I was checking him out. His name was Kendrick Lamar. And I was only half listening, but my ears perked up when I heard this smooth, soulful Marvin Gaye sample come on. And for the first time, I heard this song called Faith. Kendrick lays out the story of his life infested with poverty and gang violence and fear. And at his wit's end, he said he went to church and he calls out to God and to his surprise, God responds. And Kendrick finds his faith and places his faith in Jesus. And he even starts witnessing in that very same service. He said he left church feeling like a changed man until he got a call on the phone that while he was in service, one of his homies had gotten murdered. He said he lost his faith again. Then you hear Marvin Gaye, come on, whoo, says, what am I going to do? And Marvin says, got to have faith. It says, life is too hard on just you. It says, where is your faith? All you need is the size of a mustard seed. So I'm intrigued and I'm vibing at this point. Verse two comes in and he starts sharing about a mother of four whose life consists of bartering with babysitters and a baby's father who just uses the children for money and trying to make ends meet. She hears about some credit card scams that could help her, but she turns it down because she has a persistent faith in God and she goes out and gets a second job instead. At the end of the verse, she gets down on her knees and she prays to God to show her another way, to show her a way out. She says when she gets up off of her knees, she goes to the mailbox, she opens it up and she gets a letter. She lost her section eight and she loses her faith again. And it's the third verse that really got me. Kendrick starts breaking down all of life's ills and he says that you may be wondering if there even is a God. He says that when you're in that place, God's spirit is there in the room and all those trials are just tests to forge you into the character of Christ. He says, next time you feel like your world's about to end, I hope you studied because he's testing your faith again. Fam, I almost burnt my eggs. And y'all know how bad, y'all know how hard it is to burn eggs. Instantly became my favorite artist. Fast forward 10 years later, Kendrick drops the last LP on his run with his label TDE where he states he is no longer a Christian and instead he now prays to the trees. The man who wrote so vehemently about faith in Jesus now worships the creation instead of the creator. What happened to his faith? And it's scary because I can relate I felt like I could relate to Kendrick and maybe some of you here can relate as well. Maybe throughout the course of this series, you've been finding faith and you thought that, man, if I come to church and I place my faith in Jesus, it's going to make you feel like a new person and it's going to change your life. But some of those same problems that were there before are still there now. And you're trying to reconcile your vulnerable position with your faith. Or maybe you've persisted in faith and you've tried to make the right choices despite advice from your worldly friends and influences. And you've prayed for God to take the pain away. You feel like I've earned at least that much, right? But instead, you find that life seems to be even harder the more you try to follow God. And you're trying to reconcile your suffering with your faith. Or maybe like Kendrick now, your faith has evolved. 
You don't look towards heaven anymore because you found that if you change your perspective, heaven could come a whole lot sooner. So you moved your trust, but you still feel like something is missing. Something isn't quite right. And you have even more questions than before. So you've come here today trying to figure out where to place your faith. I believe Peter would be able to identify with you. In the book of the Bible that's attributed to his name, he writes to a group of believers, just like many of you are, or many of you are considering becoming. That group of believers struggles to lift out their faith in vulnerable situations. They're trying to reconcile their faith with the suffering in their lives. And he writes to encourage and strengthen them. And his message in this passage is simply faith in Jesus Christ will see you through. Now, I see some of you giving me the side eye because you've heard these rumors about blind faith. But I want to let you know that faith, as it is described in the scriptures, is not blind, but in fact, it is based on evidence. It is closer to what we would say is trust. Peter says that regardless of if you're finding faith, if you've persisted and exhausted your faith, or if you've almost lost your faith, that faith in Jesus, trust placed in Jesus, will not fail you in the end. Okay, Mr. Preacher Man, tell me how this one-size-fits-all faith could work for me and my life in this situation. I'm so glad that you sarcastically asked. I'm going to walk through three traits of faith in Jesus, and then I'm going to let you try it for yourself. Faith in Jesus will protect you. Have you ever been struggling with something in your life and someone, one of your friends, probably one of your churchy friends, told you, hey, you just need to have more faith. And if you're new to the faith or in a hard season, you may have wondered if you even have enough faith to follow Jesus. Am I cut out for this? In verse five, Peter says that your faith will protect you until you receive his salvation. Now, when he says salvation, he isn't referring to placing your faith in Christ because his readers have already done that. Instead, he is speaking of a time when Jesus returns to make everything right. That means if you have faith in Jesus Christ, everything that happens between now and then is covered under your faith policy. It's in the fine print in there. It's called the Bible. You can read that later. But seriously, this can seem like pure fluff if you don't understand the story of the man who wrote it. In Matthew chapter 4, we see what I would consider the most unremarkably remarkable call to faith in much of the Bible. Jesus pulls up on Peter at the job spot, who's fishing because he is a fisherman. And Jesus says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Yeah. 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 Peter says, okay, puts his net down, leaves his job and goes to follow Jesus and becomes Jesus' disciple. Now, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I don't know if I had that much faith. If a random dude pulls up on me in his Jesus Christ sandals and is like, hey, I got a job for you. Leave your job. I got you. All your security is right here. I don't know if I could do that. G Peter didn't need much convincing. Just one bar from Jesus. That's all he needed. One bar. Then if we stop there, we may think 
that Peter has a crazy amount of faith and it's one that we cannot relate to. But 10 chapters later, Peter and Jesus, other disciples, see Jesus walking on top of a lake. And Peter has enough faith to ask Jesus to call out to him onto the water too. And he does. So Peter heads out, literally walking on water in the middle of a storm. But what happens next is what I really want us to catch. It says that Peter gets distracted by starting to see the wind and the waves around him and he begins to doubt and immediately Peter begins to sink. Peter calls out to Jesus and Jesus reaches into the water and pulls Peter out and then he says to him, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? Jesus calls Peter's faith little. The same faith that Peter had that allowed him to walk on water. Jesus said, you have so little faith. Some of you have gotten to the end of this series and you're wondering if you are going to be able to continue to move forward in your faith. I want you to know that faith in Jesus will protect you even from your own doubt. Even a little faith, if it's placed in Jesus, is enough to do the impossible. I want you to hear this. Regardless of what you're facing, God can save you with the amount of faith that you have right now. But some of us have put our faith in Jesus and we don't really feel saved. We feel like the woman who did everything that God asked and still lost her section eight. Some of us have a hard time reconciling God saving us with our current suffering because we think of salvation as a destination. But Peter describes it as a process. He says the testing of your faith is like the testing and purification of gold. And I could put it a different way. I think that working out is is so amazing from an anatomical standpoint. When you work out, let's say you're on the bench press and you're moving that heavy weight every time that you push that weight, that weight is breaking down your muscles in your body. Let's say you do 20 reps. After you finish those 20 reps, two things are going to happen. Your muscles will rebuild themselves stronger and more resilient than before. That's how you get more strength and often more muscle mass. But the fact that you did it also proves that you already had enough strength to do the 20 reps in the first place. And next time, those 20 reps will be a lot easier. The 20 reps are uncomfortable. They hurt. They have to in order to be effective. But they show you that your strength is genuine. Our trials hurt. They are uncomfortable. But they show us how strong our faith really is. And when we misunderstand faith, we can think that faith eliminates trials in our lives. If I'm struggling, that must mean that I just don't have enough faith. But for those of you who work out, after you get used to the 20 reps, what either is going to happen to the rep count or to the weight? They got to go up. The presence of faith does not mean the absence of trials. 
The very thing that you're asking God to remove from your life may be the thing that he is using to strengthen your faith in him. I don't like me either. The fact that you're questioning today and having to exercise your faith shouldn't make you doubt that it is effective. It should prove to you that it is there. Call out to Jesus. God can spot you with the amount of faith that you have right now. It is important that we have real expectations of what faith is because, as Jill said last week, if we aren't discerning, we can start to move on false assumptions of the world around us. For instance, some of us have 20% of our faith in Jesus, but 85% of our faith in heaven. 80-20, y'all know what I meant. (laughs) We started out with our faith in Christ, but somewhere along the line, our focus became just getting to heaven when we all get to heaven. So now we are the most annoying and negative people in the world to be around because we've become convinced that none of this really matters. Can you imagine if Jesus took that approach? Hey, Peter, I'm so sorry that you drowned, but at least you'll be with me in paradise. All right. That's that's my buddy. Faith in Jesus won't lead you to an apathetic worldview. If you're having a hard time addressing the suffering of those around you, I better move on. Faith in Jesus will fill you with joy. Peter says that even though you don't see Jesus, you can trust him and you rejoice in an inexpressible joy. You rejoice, not you can, you rejoice in an expressible joy. You know, most of my life I have struggled with clinical depression until I was about 24 years old. And I believed wholeheartedly that God had delivered me from that. I didn't have to take medicine for it anymore. I was saved from that. But a few years later, I started realizing that I was struggling with seasonal depression. And it's usually about the last two, three weeks of December that it comes on. And last year, I had my greatest bout with depression, and I mean that in more ways than one. I was severely depressed for about two weeks, and we get the last week of the year off, so I was pleasantly decorating the atmosphere of my home with my condition. Um, But throughout that time, I had some of the most meaningful conversations with my wife, And with my kids over that week, we built a stronger relationship than ever before. And in January, when I came out of that fit, I was able to look back and see I hadn't quit my job. I hadn't lost a single relationship. In fact, everything I was working toward had grown or gotten healthier in that time. And my biggest celebration was that the people around me said I was still somewhat pleasant to be around. (laughs) I was at my absolute lowest, but God was still at his best. What came out of me wasn't based on my circumstances or my position, but it was an inexpressible 
joy. It is hard to accept that walking with Jesus is not about getting to your own personal heaven. Where the things that you want most in life are available to you and your loved ones at your beck and call. Walking with Christ is an invitation to bear a cross. But even a little faith in him will allow you to do the impossible. And that's to bear that cross with inexpressible joy. I have one more question for you as we get ready to wrap up. And I want you to answer it honestly. If the choice was 100% clear, what knowledge, success, comfort, power, or healing would you consider leaving God for? I know the Sunday school answer is nothing. Tax free. You get to choose. I'm asking this question because it's so important that we really confess what's in our heart to Christ. We don't get over our struggles or our weaknesses by pretending that they aren't there. We don't get over our doubts by pretending that they don't exist. Share them with Christ. While you answer, I'll share one last story about Jesus when he was confronted with the same question. He was in the garden And he was praying, knowing that he had just a few hours left, and then the guards would come and take him to his trial. A trial based on trumped-up charges that he would be accused of in the middle of the night. He knew that he would be vulnerable as his best friends wouldn't be able to protect him, and some of them would betray him. He knew that even though he did everything that the father asked, that he would suffer humiliation and torture and even a brief separation for God as the result of his faithfulness. I imagine that he thought back to his conversation with his best friend, Peter, who told him, surely this won't happen to you. If I was him, I would have been praying that Peter was right. But Jesus He knew that he needed to take up the cross so that even with a little faith, we could have a relationship with the father. That's you and me. So he went through with it. He was tortured and he died for you and I. But three days later, people claimed to have seen him walking the streets and appearing to crowds. He came back. So that even with our little bit of faith, if we place it in him, we, you could have a relationship with the father. No matter where you are in your faith journey today, I've come to tell you to hold on to your little bit of faith that God has not forgotten you, nor does he take pleasure in your suffering, but he's in every little bit. He's in the room and he is using it to bring you closer to him to take your next step. Today, Your next step may be to place your faith in Christ. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to let us know. 
You can text the word connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to 785-432-4544. We don't want anything from you. We just want to walk with you to help you see what it's like to walk this walk with Jesus. And if you've already placed your faith in Jesus, then he says to let the world know through a simple act of water baptism. Shoot, if you're really ready to carry a cross for him, what's one more step of getting wet for him? And we've prepared the water for you today so you can take that step today, not next week, not next time. Take that step today. Jill is in the back. She's there. We have extra clothes. We have extra towels. We have everything that you need. After I pray, I want to share a song with you about my journey. Something to remind you that no matter what you see, faith in Jesus will bring you through. And then we want to worship together in song with our worship team. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in the questions, that in the stresses, that in the pressures, that when we feel like we're drowning, we can find the blessing in your presence, that you reach down and that you pull us out of the water and that you've promised to do it every single time as much as we need. All you've asked is that we place our faith in you. Father, if there's anyone here today that's struggling with their faith, that feels like I don't have enough faith to follow Jesus, I believe what he says about him, but I don't know if I can do it. Lord, pull them out of the water right now. If there's anyone here today that is saying, I'm at my wit's end, Lord. I, I've been trying to follow you, but it doesn't seem like this is getting any better. I don't know if I can go another round. Pull them out of the water right now. I'm thankful, Lord, that you didn't stop the storm. You didn't make the water go away, but you responded to Peter's call. Give us the strength to call on you today and to know that it is not our strength that we're walking in, but it is yours. Lord, fill us today with your presence. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray.